Free Range Tales is a collective of adventures and stories about outdoor pursuits shared by your hosts, Jason Tarassi and Adrian Lozano. Join us as we share our tales and featured guests with unique perspectives on hunting, fishing, foraging, nature, wildlife, and wild foods, and learn about our search for the highest quality sustainable ingredients we can find. On this week's episode, we discuss some of the lessons learned spearfishing. Spearfishing is a pursuit filled with plenty of ups and downs, from losing gear to missed fish, to bringing home a great meal and spending time with good friends. One thing's for sure, there's always a story to tell. We had a lot of fun with this one and hope you do too. Thanks for listening and check us out on Instagram at Free Range Tales. And we are back on the Free Range Tales. With me as always, my homie, Adrian Lozano. Mr. Jason Tarazi, how we doing? What's up, brother? Cheers, dude. Oh wow! <laughs> right out of the shoot, man. Got to be into it. Got to be into it. Well, we're back. Another hiatus. <sighs> I feel like I say that every episode, but it's always with good reason because we're actually out there doing the things we're out here talking about. We don't just talk yeah. about it; we actually do it. It's tough so, to get our schedules aligned <laughs> up because we're doing the things yeah, that we talk we're about. We're always trying to do it, but our, any free time is spent doing that. Absolutely. Doing Absolutely. the things we love to do. So, speaking of that, I noticed that you're rocking a uh, nice, fresh hat, man. Yeah, this is a uh, very special hat to me now, uh, <laughs> Captain Bly. I, I got myself a Captain Bly hat um, because we had to add a new uh, a new tool to the arsenal. Some new, new tool to the. New, uh, New family edition here. It is fresh, dude. I wish everyone can see it. We may have to take a picture of it and, oh, and put it on the gram. I think we're going to have uh, to. I think we're going to have to. Um, so brand new uh, spear gun made by Captain Bly. And uh, th- it's a three-stage 50-inch roller with a kicker, if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, it's pretty technical, man. That's uh, But it, it is absolutely amazing. As soon as you showed oh, it to me, I put my hands on it. Beautiful. It is an amazing tool that is going to do some damage for sure. It's amazing. An instrument of death for fish. Yeah, I mean, and for fish. You know, just to talk about it a little bit about the gun, it's uh, so unique because it's a three-stage roller, which allows it to have three stages of power. Correct. And then a kicker, which allows it to have even more power if you want to add it on there. Well, they, I believe the kicker is to start – the roller kind of has a – if you want to call it a split second of a delay to kind of, once you pull the trigger, it kind of gets going with the the trajectory of the spear, with the elastic because it's around the roller. Right. I think there's something to do with a kind of a delay of getting it going. So the kicker, which is just a normal band that looks like, you know, you're pulling it back from the muzzle. uh, That one kind of just gets it going right out of the gate. It kind of gets it snappy right out of the gate. Uh, Once you pull that trigger, it's going to fly. Well, it's a so very th- three very, stages means you can take it to the reef, shoot into a hole if you need to, you know, from distance. But I would shoot it into a hole um, and feel comfortable with doing that. Um, or I can power it up and actually pull the bottom stage one or two more and uh, do some damage in some open water. That's what I was going to say. It's such a versatile gun and, and just looks amazing, feels amazing, and I can't wait to it see it. It really uh, does feel good. I see mean, it out in the water. It's it's still wide and and it's got, but it's got, it's kind of light. In, no, it is. It is. I was impressed. You know, it's, it looks it looks like it would be 
substantial and heavy, but it's not, and it just feels really, really good. So anyway, hasn't that's even a, touched water yet, other than Bly ballasting it himself, like he does is, with every gun, which is amazing. So we're we're excited. You know, that's uh, going to be a fun one. We've got some upcoming trips to uh, use it on, hopefully. I don't carry it with me everywhere, just over to Jason's <laughs> house because he hasn't seen it yet. I just picked it up last week. so <laughs> It's just bringing some inspiration here in the room for us. It's not something that I always carry. But uh, it's a good transition because we've been doing a lot of spear fishing. Yes. And that's what we're here to talk about today is just kind of... Summer. Summer full swing here. Yeah, it is, man. It has been full swing. We've been out in the water a lot. And or a lot for us, you know, at least a, a day or two a week, which is which is good with uh, our full time jobs and everything else we have going on. Exactly. Um, but additionally, um, you know, with being in the water more, you know, it's like there's just more stories to tell and more things that have happened. And, you know, kind of today, I think we want to get into some like trials and tribulations. I think spearfishing for me anyway, and, and maybe other people, other friends I've talked to have the same experience of um micro victories and micro defeats you know on a daily basis and it, it it's a head game you yep, know it is it is um trying to stay positive through those uh through the bad <laughs> ones you call them micro but they seem so much larger in my head they, they do man that's <laughs> like you know it's it's a game of roller coasters where it goes from you know like you you have some victories with some maybe you get get some fish you, you put some filled up the freezer yep, whatever yep. Uh, a great story a great fish and uh the next trip you're losing gear or, you know, the boat doesn't start or there's a million things that right, can go right. wrong, you know, and just it, getting to the boat or getting to <laughs> the shore. Well, if you're going to shore dive, just getting to there, if your car works, I mean, that's a feat in itself. But. It's the truth, man. And at the end of the day, I always kind of take away. I'm always like, man, it, it always is a, is a good experience. And there's always some camaraderie, you know, we're lucky enough to have some, some friends to go with and, and do it with. And, it's always like good day at the end of the day, no matter what. No matter what. But you know, there's within it, there's these little things that happen, and that's kind of all part of the learning process. Um, process. I love that you know, word. And and we're all, no matter if you've been diving for 20, 30 years, 40 years, you've been diving for four months, you know, there's always these little things that you're learning and taking away. It's one of those things that you're always gonna take things away from it. And it's one of those sports always where what you put in is what you get out, you know. So it's fun, man. I put in a lot of gear into that ocean, dude. <laughs> leaving, leaving a lot of pirate booty behind and just making, making why, sure. That's probably why I had a good 2018 <laughs> and 2019 as far as fish is concerned. Because so. uh, 2016, 2017, you were giving back? I was just giving. I was just giving. It wasn't giving back, just giving. I was just, here. oh, here's a GoPro. There you go. You could just have that. Oh, would you like some more, no more gear? There you go. There's a mask. There you go. Here's a snorkel. Have that. <laughs> that is, it's the truth it happens it happens to the best of us for sure man. it does here's a dive knife <laughs> and uh for myself man i think you know one of the things that uh, you know i recently was just tripping out on it after a couple trips of uh you know coming back empty-handed you know not not getting fish and yeah not, not putting fish on the deck and just uh being out there yeah. all day putting you know 12 hours on the water waking up early yeah you know getting your gear ready the day before right. the night before um, you know, not drinking beer or alcohol the <laughs> night before because you know it's you're going to be dehydrated. Do, yeah, do. it's a sacrifice. Not staying up late, you know. And no one knows about that stuff, you know. They just say, oh, cool, can I have some fish? <laughs> Wait a second here. Do you know what it took? <laughs> do you know the process? I don't think you understand. Let's talk. I know, it's true. That's a great place to start because uh, 
you know, just recently, you know, it's like, I but you have to love, love the process, man. No, it's the truth, man. And like, there's, there's something about getting egg. up at two 30 in the morning to, to make the drive to where you're going to launch the boat from, you know, launching the boat and then motoring for hours to get out to the spot right. that you're going to go to. Right. And then that's where like the, the actual search begins for fish, you know, because you're like, you're, then you're looking for them, you know? And so, yeah, like, but you've already put six, seven hours in exactly, already, dude. you know, and, and you're not even on the hunting grounds or like where you want to be. So you've put so much time in before it happens. And really, like you said, it starts the day before. Cause you're kind of like sacrificing. Maybe people are barbecuing, you know, the on night that before, Friday night. Yeah, Friday that night, Saturday exactly. night. Yeah. And you're kind of like, well, all right, do I sacrifice this three, four hours of, of fun with my friends to then tomorrow I'm going to have a full day and then I don't want to ruin my full day, whether it's getting seasick or having indigestion from drinking too many beers or whatever the case is. And some people, they don't have those issues, but Good. you know, I, I like to prep and be ready for yeah. that day. It's kind of game day, you know, and I, I put my mentally, physically be prepared for it. So it's, uh, that all doesn't, doesn't get there if you do get fish and you bring it home and you share it with family and friends. I don't think you know that story. And that's why that fish is so special to you. But not everybody else knows all the work that went into it and all the time and preparation that kind yep. of went into that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fun thing. That's why I like this podcast, you know, it gives us a release to, <laughs> to, to let our that. family and friends know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> what it takes. <laughs> yeah, man. I, no, I, no, it's awesome. I love, um, I, for me, it's, I love sharing it with my family and friends, neighbors. I mean, dude, I've just, I'll see a neighbor across the street and I'll be like, Hey dude, what's up? Um, do you like fish? He's yeah. Oh, I just got back from Baja. Would you like some? He's like, are you kidding me? I like, dude, I would some. love some. I'm the only one in my house that eats fish. This really happened. And you know, it's ended up rapping with him for five, 10 minutes. He's a firefighter and stuff. And you know, it's cool. It's it. You meet, I don't know. It's, it's, so, I love giving fish away. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's not even, not only do you have the story, but then you get to share it. I love it. When just, like you said, making friends, man. Oh, I had a cook uh, cookout at my work. We smoked a bunch of fish. I think I, I saw that man on the trigger, dude. Story. Yeah, I shared I it on that. my Instagram story, but that yeah. Fantastic, man. My work has a, a giant Traeger and uh, they're, they're like, let's, let's smoke some fish on Friday. I was like, I'll bring in as much as you need. You're make, making friends at work, getting a little brownie points with the boss, being like, hey, boss, I caught these. I'm cooking it for you. You know I can shoot fish, right? <laughs> How about you take me out on your boat? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to give away. I mean, I just like giving. It, it's such – I mean, you get to talk about it. Like, yeah, I got – they want to know about it. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's not like I just drove down to, to the Vons or Albertsons and, and bought cool. it from the butcher. You know, I went out and, and put all this work in and did it's, it. It's a good feeling. I would say that's it. probably one of those those macro victories, you know, like the big right. victories that happen within right. it. You know, that's that's the the special part, and that's probably what keeps you coming back to it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, man, there's been there's been some trips and there's just also gotta, macro losses. <laughs> yeah, man, and you've seen <laughs> seen lots of defeats. them. And, you know, just one of a, a story that actually just happened this this past week, and just learning from the experience. Yeah was uh went out to one of the local islands here in southern california and uh was on a dive trip with some friends and uh you know i've brought him up before we're actually drinking out of the koozies he supplied mr uh, paul bird with yep. argos went out with him and uh fun trip just a just a mellow day going out there just looking for some you know yellowtailed calico just whatever just a just a fun dive trip with island friends trip, on the boat yeah. yeah just an island trip yeah. so 
we were uh, we were out there and uh, a few of us on the boat were, were diving this spot and kind of working it and just kind of like doing up ups and downs together and just kind of punching dives down through some kelp and uh, this this one time I didn't know that anybody was even near me but uh, I, I made a drop down and swim down kind of got down to, to the depth that I felt like was a good depth and had seen some fish at and kind of just was waiting there to see if I would see a fish come me, out. You're making me like, nervous because you said, I didn't know anyone was near me. Well, so I'm like, like is, are you telling I me was you're going to Basically shoot? what I was saying was I was in the zone in okay, my head okay. as I was breathing up. I wasn't paying attention to anything else. I was breathing up and getting ready to punch my dive down. My hands are sweating. <laughs> so punch my dive down, get down to the depth that I had seen some fish okay, before. Okay. And where we were, it was kind of a little like rock outcropping and dropped off from you know, 20, 30 feet and then dropped into deeper water that dropped down to 60, 70, 80 feet pretty quickly. Like it right. just dropped off really quickly. Yeah. And out of that area, there were some kelp stocks that were coming up from the bottom and it was a fairly small area of, of kelp, but there were some kelp there and, you know, a fairly common place to see some yellowtail swim through some, some calico, some sheephead. So it was a good, good spot for some hunting. And on some previous drops had seen some calico down in that zone. So I got down to right to the zone right before it drops off into in the really deep water and kind of was like checking that zone. And by us making a bunch of dives down there, we had kind of pushed the fish into deeper water because oh, okay. they kind of, they kind of felt the presence of us and were kind of seeing us going and kind of hearing us yeah. kind of flopping around out there. So they yeah. had, had moved a little deeper. So on one drop, I go down there, I get down to the zone that I felt like was a good spot to be in a good depth and was just waiting for something to maybe kind of peer its head out and uh sure enough something kind of peers its head out and it sees me and i'm just being really calm really still in a good position just laying very prone with my gun kind of in front of me you're and on the rock you're laying? i'm just i'm like okay. right on right on the rock just waiting Sick. there and just waiting for something to come up and right. just seeing if i can kind of just checking it out around me you know and uh sure enough a, a decent sized calico kind of swims up and he's looking like right at me he swam kind of around a kelp stock and just can't swim straight at me so he was facing directly at me so i could just see his eyes and his mouth and That's just see crazy. his little his little fins kind of just like flopping if you've if you've seen it yeah. before you know exactly yeah. what i'm talking about you can just see his fins just kind of like they're just stabilizing yeah. their position in the water <laughs> but their fins do that right you know it's, it's like exactly. nemo nemo <laughs> exactly exactly just like nemo you can see the little fins and so he's looking at me and so there's this moment where oh. everything kind of slows down you know yeah. and i'm like okay there's a fish. I'm I, this is the one I want to take. It's kind of presented itself to me. So I'm lining it up with my gun. And so normally I really want to take like a broadside shot. So it's when it's side facing me because it's a bigger surface area and you can kind of shoot it, you know, and, and place your shot kind of in a, in a better zone to kind of take the fish in a, in a good way and, and get a holding shot on the fish and keep most of the meat intact. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, and in my mind, I'm playing it over you know, I'm like, okay, it's looking right at me, small surface area to try to hit if I'm going to shoot it straight on. Whoops, excuse me. If I want to hit it straight on. And so I'm like, well, what do I do here? And so I'm like, well, I'm going to wait for it to turn broadside. Maybe I'll just wait calm. I'm not going to move. I still have plenty of breath. Yeah. I'm going to wait for it to turn broadside. Then I'm going to take the shot. Right. And so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, it kind of like, kind of like is staring at me, trying to figure out like what I am and what's going on. Yeah. And I'm kind of like not trying to like get my heart rate up or make any movement. And uh, it goes to turn. And it right when it turns, I pull the trigger. And when I pulled the trigger, it sailed right over the tail. 
And so that split second that I waited, when it turned, it kicked its tail and was in a flash was gone. Right. You know? And so my fast. shot missed it just over the tail. Like, it, like I watched, literally watched the spear go right over its oh. tail. And so where it, it was, you would have hit it right in between. Yeah, the eyes, I was probably. like, that's where I was aiming was like right at its eyes, like yeah. right in the center of right. like its eyes, like almost like kind of like mouth, you yep. know, just above the mouth, almost nose area. And it just, just missed it. It was gone and like right over like tail. that. And so instantly just like, just let it out. Ah, you know, yeah. like, damn it. So swim back to the surface. And like I said, like, you know, our, we were kind of all working this zone together. And even though I didn't realize that they were really close, Paul had made a drop shortly after I did. And he was right above me, you know, a couple feet above me, you know, maybe 10 feet, you know, he was above me in the water column and he was watching and he saw me lining this fish up and watched the whole thing. Oh, that's so, what you mean by that. So he was right, right above me. And so when no I like, one was watching, and so, didn't know, no one yeah, was I didn't know anybody there. was watching. Gotcha. Me. And so when I popped up, he came up to the surface too. And I was like, damn, I fucking missed it. And he's like, dude, he's like, I watched the whole thing. He's that's like, that sick. was awesome. He was like, that was so cool. He's like, I was watching the whole thing. That is and rad. so he was like, he didn't say anything to me at the time, but he was just like, that was awesome, man. He's like, so I reloaded my gun. He swam off. He made a couple more drops. We worked that zone for a little bit more. I think, you know, a couple people got some fish out of there and we went back on the boat. And when we got back on the boat, I was like, man, I'm bummed. I missed that one. It was a good one. And I missed it. I was like, I was bummed. It was one of those micro failures. I was like, dang, I missed it, man. I was so bummed out. And, uh, you know, he goes, Hey man, he's like, dude, he's like, I had the same exact situation just happen. And so he shows me the fish and like, he showed me where his shot placement was. He said the fish was doing the same exact thing. That fish was looking straight at me. And he was having the same debate in his head going, do I shoot straight at it? Even though the target area is smaller or do I wait to turn for it to turn broadside? And so what he decided to do was it was just staring at him and he decided to shoot at it when it was facing straight at him. So he shot like right at that target, like right at its like mouth, nose, right. you know, almost in between the eyes. He shot right there and he said right when he pulled the trigger, the fish turned and he ended up getting the best shot you could take, like right through the gill plates, went all the way through and just a perfect shot. Right. And he landed, secured the fish and landed Damn. it. And so he was like, it was like instantaneous feedback for that moment that happened. You know, it was like, I didn't have to just debate it in my mind of like, what should I do next time? I'm like, now I know what to do. R&D. He told me. And so he, <laughs> it was very cool. Cause I got instant feedback from one of my mentors in the game that had a similar situation, watched it happen and then was able to give me instant feedback on it. So it was like, even though I felt super bummed because I didn't land that fish and bring it home, but I got the feedback for like next time, like maybe I could try something different. And like, you know, I waited for it and waited probably just a little too long. So it was just, it was fine. It was a cool story, man. I was, yeah, like, I was tripping out, dude. That's rad. I mean, you, uh, you also got instant feedback right after our, uh, our little dive uh, for some tuna. When you dove off that platform so well, oh, dude, oh. Doing, doing meter diving is a is a different thing. Me, this- meter diving is crazy. That was our first time meter diving, right? So we went on a bluefin uh, tuna trip, and um, you don't know if they're going to be on the surface or not. These tuna um, either are or they're not. It's a lot of factors go into this. I don't even want to start <laughs> to scratch the surface, but. Uh, Basically, that day, they were not on the surface. They were, but they were not playing with us. They, As soon as the boat got close, they were just skittish and they Being would bounce. Very, very boat shy, for sure. So we would meter them on the fish radar 
or sonar or whatever. And uh, it's it's just metering what depth. So you, that you have to get down. Um, you have to take one breath because the boat is moving and you're slipping off the back of the boat, not jumping because this jump will scare the fish, just splash. Um, you're slipping off the back of the boat. There are your float lines are being tended off the back of the boat as well above you. And they're, you know, the floats and the float lines are out in the ocean. And you're holding a loaded spear gun <laughs> that if you're going for big tuna, it's going to be five bands <laughs> or more. <laughs> uh, we were shooting, we we're shooting Captain Bly's guns um, on lineage charters, uh, got out with him, and uh, they were. 65 inch five band the other one was a 62 inch five band i believe um he had a whole bunch of guns just some some big for us to big, choose big from. gun man very big guns and they swam so well by the way i mean not to die go off of meter diving but god i that much wood in the no, water when, when was, you're holding it outside of the water the thing weighs 20 pounds it feels like yeah and then you get it in the water and it's like buoyant but then when you dive with it it wants to go down and it's just crazy swims down it's it's amazing i loved it yeah it's amazing um so when you slip off into the water you're supposed to only take one breath and start punching your dive going down which you doing it for the very first time uh you displayed it so well, <laughs> well on it, what it, to do it was definitely it was my first tuna trip first time meter diving and First time, everything on this yeah, one. It was, like it was for just, this. A, just total cherry. That size know? of gun. That yeah, everything. The, sitting on the back of the boat like that. Everything, I, man. Yeah, everything. Never, never done it before, and uh, you know, just had, you know, captain had given us kind of some instructions about what to do, and um, was kind of like prepping us for for the situation. And I kind of listened to him. Was like, all right. And he basically just said, like, don't spend. 30, 40 seconds on the surface. Once you slip he into said, the water, don't even send don't, 10 seconds. Don't spend any time trying to breathe up. Right. Be breathing up before you go in the water. And when you hear the meter, just slip into the water and dive. Right. And so we're sitting on the back of this, the swim step on the boat, and he's motoring around searching you for and the I, fish. So, yeah, you, you and, and I, I were, uh, we're yeah. kind of doing it in pairs, and you and I were, were the next up. And so we get on the swim step and we're kind of motoring around for, you know, I, it felt like a while i don't know how, God, how long it, it was. felt like 20 minutes yeah. but it was probably only like five or five six. ten minutes yeah five five ten minutes i would say yeah and you know we were kind of just sitting there and um just getting ready and like i was just kind of in my own head you know and you're sitting there and like your heart is heart rate is up because you're like dude it's on like i'm i'm on the back of this boat I'm yeah. who knows what I'm going to find. Cause like literally like it's stepping into outer space because it's like, you're slipping off into another world. You're in deep, deep blue water that you're suspended in and floating yeah. and <laughs> kind of slowly. <laughs> you're slipping into outer space. You know, you're about to be an astronaut and just dip into another world, you know? And so I was just getting in my own head and just breathing up, kind of going through yeah. all like these breathing exercises that I, that I know and have, and just kind of, getting my mantra right, just going like getting my headspace to like a good, good place to be as calm as possible, even though my heart rate was through the roof, you know, I just was like trying to calm myself down and eventually got myself to a calm place. And, 
you know, I remember looking at you a couple times because we're totally geared up, right. goggles on, right. ready goggles to go, on. like ready for that meter. Like he's, you know, waiting for the captain just to send the the call that like to just start to slip off and die. Then the snorkel goes in the mouth and you're yeah. taking one breath. And so we're kind of just sitting there. Oh. I remember looking at you just in the eye and just going like, what? Dude, this is crazy right now. This is so insane. And just both are, of us frothing out of our are minds. Are we sitting you know? here <laughs> on the back of Bly's boat right now just about to dive? Yes. Just frothing, dude. And, and so, then – and then Amy says, you know, or she peeks over with the uh, GoPro and like, what's up, boys? I don't know. You know, does the whole video thing. And then I'm like throwing it up. And then all of a sudden I hear the siren. And that means go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. So um, then we flop off or I slipped. I slipped in. You slipped in even nicer. I didn't flop, but. It was. <laughs> you slid in. I slid in. I slid in. That was the best part of my dive on that one. <laughs> um, so what what I saw was a couple of scales floating by, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Take a breath and go. And it was the first. I just <sighs> and it was yeah, just yeah, as like, you getting in the water. Got in the water first time of the day, and it just kind of took my breath away a little bit. It wasn't too cold or anything. It just kind of took my breath away. It was like sixty eight i yeah. forget the degrees it was around there 67 or so um anyways it, it i it kind of took my breath away but then i took a good breath and i look and you're are i i your fins are underwater you're already down you <laughs> you your head is at least 10 feet down um i just was like what where, <laughs> how did he do that and then uh, I immediately try to just go down off of whatever breath I had. And I'm so glad Amy has that on video to <laughs> Documented, man. embarrass me forever. But it looked like I've just flopped around like a seal out there. <laughs> um, but then I, I I went down about two feet. And then I, <laughs> I came back up, blew the water out of my snorkel, grabbed like three big breaths of air. And then I went down only – to have you finally coming back up from 20 feet, 25 feet. And I'm like, what, did you see anything down there? <laughs> so you displayed an amazing way and how to meter dive. And I showed you right next to you how not to. It's intense, man. Let's talk about like a micro victory, micro loss Jesus. right there, dude. That's what it was, man. And On it, the same dive. Same exact dive. And, and you know, it's funny because I, I just listened to what he said and I was like, all right, like I'm going to get my headspace in the best place possible, knowing that I'm just frothing and just all my friends are here. Like, let's just have fun. And, you know, in all reality, it's kind of a friendly competition, you know, we're oh, all totally, fun, dude. Dude. like, Heck you yeah. know, we're all stoked. If somebody does something like it gets us just as inspired and pumped up to do it better the next time. And, and we just feed off of each other oh, to sure. kind of keep pushing each other to kind of keep going. Um, I'm competitive as shit. Oh, dude, all <laughs> of us are, dude, all of us are. And, 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 but that's the fun part is oh, like, yeah. we're super competitive but it's like super we're pumped if somebody does something oh, it's not absolutely. like you're not like oh fuck that guy you're like no. this is sick dude yeah. like i can't believe you just did that like yep. now let me try i want to do better and so i just was like getting myself into this mental state and when i heard the meter i was like oh it's fucking happening and i just took a big breath dude it worked and then just popped the snorkel in and like i don't even know if i put the snorkel in i just fucking yeah. went <sighs> i don't even know if i had it in my mouth i just went and i just punched and just swept down and because i had kind of been breathing up i had kind of a good breath and got down there and like you said i was about 25 foot you know about and just was looking around and 
unfortunately, you know, the, the fish weren't there. I probably maybe should have gone deeper, but I was kind of like, it, you know, I didn't really know. I just went down and kind of was just looking around and I figured the visibility was pretty good. You know, yeah, it, it was, was, it was great. It, you was. Know, it was blue water. Visibility was good. I figured if at like 25 foot, I probably could have seen if they were at 40, maybe right. 50 feet. Right. I probably it was seen at them. least 20, 30 foot yeah. biz at least. I figured I would have seen them, but I, you know, unfortunately didn't see any fish and kind of, you know, kind of looked around, kind of checked it out. Yeah. And then you kind of just going, all right, there's nothing here. You see a couple of jellyfish swimming around a couple just, you know, makes you start to wonder, all right, there's nothing here. It all looks exactly the same. Like, Where's what? my buddy? Yeah. He's supposed to be down here. This is so weird. He's not down here. Didn't, didn't see you and kind of <laughs> punch, punched it up back up to the surface, kind of chilled for a minute, breathe back up, punch another dive down and didn't yeah. see anything. But yeah, meter diving is, uh, is something different, man. And, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a game dude, for sure. So it was, it was really fun. It was cool. But again, you it's know. tough, man. So I think it's just like any other type of diving, um, so it, location based. So if you're going central Cal, North Cal, I mean, we're in California, so central Cal, North Cal, it's completely different. Uh, Southern Cal, completely, completely different reef diving, uh, versus open water and even offshore or even Island diving. I mean, it can all change. I, it's pretty the, – the the species, the same species will act differently at different places. And that's what's – it's so cool. So meter diving is just another one of those things you have to do enough yeah. of, in my opinion, for me at least, is the way I see it because it's difficult <laughs> for me. Um, so I, it's just something I have to do more. No, I agreed, man. And I think it's it's one of those things that you have to really I like it when they foam on top of the surface. <laughs> twelve foot sounds good. Twelve feet sounds good to you right there. That's about it. I like twelve feet. I like to shoot tuna at about twelve feet. That's that, that's that's my kind of tuna diving. It's an amazing, amazing feat, man. I would always say, dude, I always joke, man, and it's testament to you being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you create your absolutely. own luck, but you've killed more fish and bigger fish than most people i know all within 15 feet of the surface easily yeah i would have to say that's true <laughs> it's amazing dude but uh it, it trips me out i love it and i must it's be just, marinated yeah you're very very I, I must well be marinated in the very water well when marinated. i go in there they just come to me <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know just it's funny man getting instant feedback dude. that's what i love about the game is that there's instant feedback within it man it's amazing it's amazing. I know. Um, you get it. You get it back um, right away. It, whether it's good or bad, like enjoy the process. Don't enjoy it. You're going to get your feedback either way. You know, I choose to enjoy the process of diving and trying to get my own food. It is the truth, man. And speaking of uh, enjoying the process, I've uh, enjoyed the process of my beer, and I'm out of it. So let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah. And we are back on the Free Range Tales. The beers are full. Actually, what are you drinking today, buddy? Well, <laughs> Modern Time Orderville. Ooh, this is good. a uh, Mosaic Hazy IPA. Wow, that's getting fancy, man. That's like that's doubled down right there. I can't dude. pull this uh, Argos koozie off because once you slip into an Argos, <laughs> it's hard set, to slip out. You're stuck. <laughs> you're stuck. You're stuck. <laughs> You stuck in an Argos koozie. <laughs> so, 
Uh, what are you sipping on? You didn't even cheers me. Hold on, don't you? Cheers, don't buddy, you? Cheers, don't man. you take a sip without my bad, cheersing? My bad. I jumped the gun. Fine with you. Yeah, I got a little homage to my hometown, man. Claremont Craft Ales, mm. Jacaranda IPA, delicious, delicious. Check it out if you don't got it. Check them out. Yeah, delicious. Claremont Ales, good one. Um, but uh, yeah, man, we've been talking spear fishing, getting into it. Been doing a lot of diving. Got me excited. It's been super pumped. We've been. I want to dive right now. Just frothing on diving. Got the new gun. We're looking at it. Uh, Got your hat. Every time I look uh, at you, that's all I think about is diving more. Is it weird? You think about Captain Bly? A little bit. Uh, okay. I'm a little creeped uh, out by it. Me too. I'm gonna change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, just yes. keeping keeping super pumped, super frothed about it, and. Uh, been putting in a lot of diving putting in a lot of work in more preparation we kind of started with the preparation and the reason we're prepping so hard something we're excited about we got another trip down to baja yes we're, we're excited about man yes buddy um this this trip is uh gonna be to san katin um paul knows the uh k&m sport fishing uh crew and more specifically kelly down there and yeah, I'm psyched to go. I'm, I, I haven't been to this side of Baja. I'm, I only went to the, on inside, the Sea of Cortez side. Sea of Cortez same, same with inside. myself. It's like a diving trip. Been on the Sea of Cortez side. Haven't been to the Pacific side. So right, I know it's different. You know, a little it has little, to be little little different. Going to be a different vibe. I imagine the water is going to be a little bit dirtier. Yeah, you know, um, a little, little murkier, a little greener. It's maybe just a little Pacific colder. Side. Yeah, maybe a little colder. Agreed. I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. That's yeah, it, that's the uh, the part of the process. I've never do I've never done any diving there, and uh, it's the anxiety you feel, <laughs> the anxious feelings of getting to somewhere new and exploring a new you know dive hunting spot and reef. And yeah, man, it's I'm, funny. I'm, I'm I, jacked. I know Paul has been down there multiple times, and, and obviously he knows Kelly really well. They kind of were dive buddies back in the day, and you know, Kelly has established himself as a great business. And by the way, I'm just going to give a little plug for Kelly. There's a video on Vimeo done by St. Archer Brewery where they kind of give a shout out with uh, Dwayne Diego, who runs like Pinnacle Sport Fishing down in San Diego, runs like a bluefin right. charter, like fishing, sport yeah. fishing charter out of, out of San Diego. Homies with Kelly too and did like a great video. It's on Vimeo. It's like St. Archer like right, Dwayne Diego. Like, look if you Google search that, there's a cool video about like Kelly and like Down there, and sport huh? fishing and stuff. It's a, it's a rad video. So anyway, cool spot. Paul knows it well. He's been down there. He's dove a bunch, and you know we're going down there. A bunch of just I, I cannot wait. Rooks going down there. We're gonna charge it, and I'm excited because like you said, like I, I have a friend of mine that always says the the best part of a trip sometimes is planning a trip because right. there's just so much anticipation wrapped up up in it excitement so much excitement wrapped up in it like you're just kind of going like going through the paces of like what's going to happen and you know we've been putting a lot of time in the water on the water just kind of getting ready for that and just mentally preparing and like going like okay what are we going to encounter down there what's going to happen down there and it, it's really fun i mean i'm super excited man you just never know it's uh well yeah i can't i just i'm i cannot wait like you said, it's the anticipation. It's the getting the new spear gun. It's the getting the other ones ready, you know, getting your stuff out. I cannot wait next month. It's going down like yeah, less happen. than a month. Yeah, it's I mean, we're really talking fast, man. Almost two weeks away. <laughs> That's the crazy thing is it's, it's about two, three weeks away. And 
were beyond excited and just kind of getting getting the gear ready, getting the uh, yeah. the, the mindset ready, getting it's the, insane. I can't the breath holes ready, getting everything. Yeah, it's coming up quick, man. It's, it's been a long time in the, in the making. Kind of a a rebirth of a trip we did last year. We went down to La Paz, Palapas Ventana down there, kind of La Ventana, Palapas. La Paz area, yeah, and uh, kind of a similar crew, but we're add, adding you to this one, so we're super pumped to have uh, have you along. I, I was, was supposed to be on that it. one. Yeah, you got were, married. You got married instead, man. What, what are you? What, what gives, dude? You're supposed to go spearfishing, not get married, dude. What gives? Sorry, <laughs> well, Anna. sorry, Anna. I, I got a good catch. About. I got a good. No, you catch did. You landed week. the catch of a lifetime. I man, know. That's for sure. I got a good catch that week. <laughs> uh, she's gonna hear this. <laughs> you're in trouble but um yeah just definitely excited and it's going to be really fun you know we're absolutely going through the the planning stages and actually unfortunately you missed out on it too i know we did a little little planning I dinner know. and we did a kind of a fun thing where it was like a wild game dinner where <sighs> everybody that's going on the trip you've heard from him before brett gatoni he's going on the trip Liz is going on the trip clarissa Paul Bird, Amy, myself, you, we're all going down there. And uh, so that kind of crew went over to, to Paul and Clarissa's house and did like kind of a wild game dinner. Yeah. You know, I think Brett bought some, brought some uh, bear and yeah. venison. Yeah. We brought down some yellow fin and some yellow tail. I saw the Paul videos. Some, like big I was eye. dying. Like, everyone kind of just brought together kind of a, a, a foraged and like yeah. wild caught game dinner. And we all just prepared different meals and kind of did a potluck. A lot of fun. We kind of talked about the trip, so it was that was a kind of a fun way to kind of prepare for it. I was bummed I missed it. My tr <laughs> my truck was in the shop, and I had to go pick it up. So oh, yeah, I was bummed I missed man, it. Man, it's all right, know. man. We, you, were, you were there in theory. I think oh. uh, oh. I'm not going to give away too much, but Clarissa's got a treat for you. She's it's waiting for you, so she's got a nice meal prepared for you whenever it happens. Whenever we see her, she's gonna she's gonna hook you up. So hold that thought because we're going to talk about it kind of future terms when you get it. But uh, anyways, actually talking about food. Earlier, you had talked about preparing a meal at work. At work. And you kind of used a Traeger and smoked up some fish, man. What was that all about? So, um, yeah, actually, in all honesty, that was my first time using a Traeger myself or any type of smoker or whatever, you know. A Traeger's been on my radar. You see a lot of people out there using them. There's yeah. a lot of other ones. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other – there's pellet grills. Pellet grills, yeah. Smoke, you know, pellet grills. Um there's a lot of other ones out there, like I said, and you know, whatever. It's just a name. I don't, we're not sponsored, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just a name. It's a smoker. So, um, my, my, our company has a, uh, a, a big smoker Traeger and we, they just asked, you know, my boss, my supervisor was just like, Hey dude, what do you think about fish Fridays? Can I get some fish? What do you think about fish Fridays? And so he brought in actually a a hunk of marlin. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So um, that was gifted to him, I believe. I don't think he caught it or anything like that. I think it was a gift. But anyways, um, my buddy brought in an octopus and then uh, another coworker. She brought in a, a couple of fillets of cabrilla as well. And then I brought in a whole bunch of cabrilla and, and yellowtail. Um, and Cabrilla is a leopard grouper. It's a type of grouper. Um, one of the tastiest fish out there, by the way. God, it's unbelievable. Compl it's just mind blowing how good Texture, it is. Texture, flesh, everything about it is, is very, very good. Flavor is whatever you cook with it. It'll absorb into the fish really well. And, uh, it's, it's just really good. So the way I prepared it, 
Um, the yellow, the yellowtail. There was only one way to do the yellowtail, in my opinion, and that's huli huli sauce. Huli huli sauce, nice. Huli huli sauce. I get it at uh, Cost Plus World Market, um, and it's a Hawaiian teriyaki marinade. You could use on anything, you know, anything: beef, chicken, fish, whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, so I I use that, and I didn't I didn't you know let it sit in that long of a bag. You know, it wasn't like overnight or anything. It was like it the morning day morning up, of, morning yeah, up, yeah. yeah, day of. So only about a, a couple hours or so, whatever. Anyways, because uh, we had to get them on there and started smoking. Um, so I did the yellowtail that way, and then with the cabria, I I just did light salt and pepper on the top um i chopped up some rosemary and just sprinkled that on top as well i put a little bit of the montana mex um of the seasoning that you actually you know gave to me that you gifted me stuff's pretty good they have the, yeah, a couple the, different flavors which I, was it the jalapeno jalapeno one, one. Yeah, yeah, good. so that was that one's really good dude. yeah it goes it's, with everything man it, it really does good, well done, Montana. Max. Adds a little like bite to everything. Yeah. You know, it's it's good stuff. Well, sure. well done, um, really good. So I I sprinkled that on top and that with the rosemary, um, and then I actually was, you know, kind of basting it with some melted butter, some of that uh, Danish butter, and I really like that butter. I was going to ask because it, normally when you're smoking, you want to kind of add like some some liquid something to it because it, it, what I notice and I'm not very good at smoking um any anything <laughs> oh, any meats i'm not good at smoking meats yet but i'll get there um so that it dries out on top it gets really dry on top like the outer uh layers of the of the meat i noticed it was kind of drying so we would check on it every like 10 minutes or so uh it didn't take that long it was about 40 to 50 minutes i think on the smoker before we were like, yeah, that thing's got to be done by now. Um, and, you know, I don't know how all pellet grills work, but it would smoke and then it didn't. And then it would smoke. I It was like it's a constant. Right, right temperature and it's keeping the smoke levels yeah, to, to a certain point. I'm not 100% on how those things work. I mean, I actually well, used to like the Weber type style. Right, where right. You put some actually charcoals like the lumpy ones holes in there I, yeah, I which is kind of like up, a yeah. smoky flavor itself so i'm just used to that yeah you know it's it's funny i smoked fish has become kind of a a, a thing a thing for sure yeah. you see a lot of people smoking yellowtail um even bluefin dude yeah bluefin you know anything like we actually with on that trip we talked about literally with bly he smoked some some bluefin collar that's his bacon. It was delicious. He calls it his bacon. It was delicious. That's my bacon. It was so good. And, you know, he, he gifted us with a little bit of that. And we got to try it. And it was really, really good. And, you know, I've tried a couple times. I've gone up to Alaska on some trips to get some salmon and halibut. Yep. And one of the guys that we've gotten to know up there, he cooks it. He calls it salmon candy. And he must be, I think he like slow, like slow cold smokes the oh, salmon oh, okay so he's got like an outhouse like a wooden right. barn and he like gets smoke going in there and it's almost ambient room temperature but it gets smoke going through the fish and it kind of cures it the the smoke itself is curing correct. it. correct yeah, and yeah. he brines it in salt and like you know brown sugar right and i don't know he ha he's got it wired like when you like i buy this stuff from the guy 
and everyone on the trip buys it from them because it's just so good. But I've tried it myself and I couldn't get the temperature right and just couldn't get the brine right. Like it's brined in like, you know, like salt, pepper, molasses. I couldn't get it, man. I just could not get, get it. So one, one of the things I really want to try, I've got a little bit of halibut Secret. left, is I want to kind of try to smoke halibut too. So I, I'm really interested in smoked fish because it kind of preserves it and it makes a nice little snack. You kind of get the fish flavor, but you yeah. get the smoke flavor too. So it's really good. And I was I was stoked. Pretty interesting. I saw you kind of post a video on there on your little fish Friday at work and I was pumped, man. I was like, that looks really good. It, it turned out really good. I was super psyched. Um, Dude, that huli huli sauce is really legit. <laughs> I looked that one up. You found it at, at Cost Plus. Uh, yeah, Cost Cost Plus. Um, I mean, I'm sure you can get it online. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even look Amazon, online. baby. I was just I'm more I'm more like I like to go to the store and get it in hand. <laughs> uh, but you know, that was I've I've used it before in the past, and that's how I know to use it. But it it goes well with yellowtail because yellowtail has a very uh, s- strong flavor. I mean, that's why you trim all the blood off of yellowtail. For some reason, the uh, the the meat just gets a lot of blood into it once the animal, once that yellowtail actually uh, is dispatched. It, it for some reason the blood soaks into the meat very fast, more so than other fish, which is important to bleed it out. That's why very it's important to bleed, to bleed out. out on the bonitos and on the on the yellowtail. I mean, and bluefin tuna, yellow, any tuna, just certain type of fish you want to bleed out really fast. Um, yellowtail is super important because once you do cook it, if it does have that blood like in the meat, it kind of has a fishy taste, a very uh, just off-putting taste. It's very what you would call gamey. I guess. Right. Yeah, exactly. In the ocean world. Which can turn a lot of people off of fish. Right. They say, oh, it tastes fishy. You know, I don't like that fish because it's fishy. Yeah. It tastes like fish. Well, uh, fish should not taste fishy, if that makes sense. Yeah. It it should have a, well, should have a different taste, like clean or sweet or whatever. Like rockfish to me tastes, my sister pointed it out. Um, She she said rockfish tastes like seaweed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I can, well, of course we, I, uh, you know, fried it and my Louisiana, you know, kind of dry rub. Breading you, know, you got, yeah, yeah. 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 And the peanut oil and stuff. But of course, I, but once I ate it, I mean, she wasn't joking. Like that fish you can actually, taste the seaweed it, it actually tasted like seaweed. It was pretty. I'm a, I'm a big fan of rockfish. I think it's, it's delicious. You it's know, so if you can good. load up on, on rockfish, it fills the freezer and it's really, really good. You, whether you get reds. Yeah, Boccaccio, you know, right. like Doesn't any matter. of the white fish, you know, any of them are really, really good. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy them. Sculpin, delicious. You know, like we've, we've gone on a couple trips early season and white up star on them. or yeah, starry yeah. white, whatever. That one was I good. No I, do. I remember yeah. eating that one. That was good. Yeah. I have no idea, but there's some good fish out there. And, and the funny thing is, is just the preparation on a recent trip went out and one of our friends speared a uh, Benito and delicious thing, you know, like it's something People consider um, if you, handle you have it to handle it properly, correctly. which is a part of the process of if you're going to go out there and, and capture your own food, it's it's the process of handling it yes. properly. So it's bleeding it right away, gutting it right away, getting yes. getting all the guts out, bleeding it out, and then getting it on ice as quickly as possible. But not water. No, on ice, just 
on ice and not water because water will like the bonito especially has a very oily texture to the to the meat itself correct and so if you get water in there it just ruins it water and oil don't get along very well and it's so just, it just doesn't turn the it. meat to mush yeah and it will get really really mushy and that's the thing if people cook it i've heard i've never cooked bonito itself actually i've only only had it sashimi oh, i haven't actually cooked it either yeah i've only had it sashimi which is one of my favorite we made some like poke bowls with it before oh yeah absolutely fantastic and so a lot of people think it's garbage and maybe that can go from like, they've no, been on a sport boat. I, I like it in pokey. They pokey throw rolls. it in like maybe a, they're like, you go on a sport boat, they throw it in gunny sack. They're yeah. Like getting it right on ice. But if you get it right on ice, if you can go on a private boat, you get it right on ice. Bleed it. Bleed it. Gut it. Get it on there. Keep it cold. And then, you know, a couple hours later, sashimi it. Just so fresh. Good. We had just a little wasabi, little uh, soy sauce, made a little mixture and just the raw so pieces right there just i mean the fish was killed two hours earlier and it was so so good and just all of us were snacking on it and we're like why didn't we shoot more of these like why why no. didn't anybody else get one you know? bonito like i don't that is an interest we should talk about bonito on an episode like just bonito they, they are so good if you prepare them correctly i mean it is unbelievable i i don't want to be struck down by the fish gods, but I almost like it sashimi better than just regular cut of bluefin tuna. It's just a different as texture. As far as sashimi goes, yeah. it is compared to the bluefin toro, like the, wow, be yeah, the yeah, belly, the belly of it. because of how soft it is. It's and all that oil with the there. oily texture yeah, yeah. is like the belly of the bluefin. It's like the toro to me. Right. So I put it up there, like just the regular filet of Bonito. Up there with the belly of of bluefin. I believe it, man. It's it's in the texture and really taste. Good. I call me crazy. Fish gods, please don't strike me down. But I don't. I don't think it's just bait. I think it's delicious. <laughs> we should be eating more of it. We should be eating more. But a lot of people think it's they don't they don't like it. They don't want it. But I definitely will take it. What's you up with the barracudas? I, you know barracudas. I, it's funny. I've seen a lot of barracudas recently on some recent trips. The yellowtail barracuda. Yellowtail barracuda. I've seen it swimming around multiple schools recently, and That's I you another know, I one. I won't take them, and I don't know why I don't take them. I remember when I was young and, and going on some sport fishing trips. Like we would catch them and we'd keep them, and I remember we would eat them. I don't remember what it tastes like. I don't remember the texture of it because I, I hear young, the way to do it is to smoke it. That's why I bring it up. Interesting, because I'm like, I now I want a smoker because of how that good that fish right, came right. out in that in that cookout. And now I just want a smoker because I'm like, ooh, that's good. Like, you just literally have to turn the dial and walk away. That's pretty nice. <laughs> Set it and forget it. Yeah. And then you just uh, baste it here and there. Awesome. I, yeah. I, you know, Benita, not Benita, but uh, Barracuda. Barracuda. Very interesting because I've seen a lot of them recently. There's a lot in the water. We saw a big school with some definitely keepable fish in it and uh, just didn't take them. But, you know, it was one of those things where you just kind of like, I was like, I, I don't know how to prepare it. And I, I'm trying to be as sustainable as possible and not take something that I'm not going to use, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, so it was what it was, but I didn't, didn't take them, but we seen them may have to try it and, and see how it goes. I'm actually very curious. Um, I may be taking one or two. <laughs> they have to be 28 inches. I think, I think yeah. they have to be 28. Sounds about right. Yeah. Crazy man. It's crazy to see like, you know that size because in a school and they're so thin it's 
like hard to tell which. Yeah, which is which. You got to identify your fish. That's one of those. Well, no, just lengthwise, right. you know, like identifying the fishes. Oh, I know that's yellowtail barracuda, but damn it, how big there's is a it? whole yeah, bunch yeah. of them, and how big is that one? Yeah, that's a tough part of it, man. That's learning process. I just try to look for the bigger one, <laughs> so that I could say I got a bigger one than you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that friendly competition, man. There that it is again. But going back to the Baja prep, um, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, what are you bringing as far as, like, um, backup stuff? So, um, like, when I went to Baja, I I took, like, one extra band for both of my guns. I took, um, you know, just, like, a little small medical kit and stuff like that. Like, what are, what are you going to bring? What no, are I you mean, prepping that's, for? That's exactly – it's funny you say that because those, those are the exact things that I'm thinking of doing. I've – I've already pre-cut some some bands for my guns that are that are measured to the length that I would use, okay. so that I can just pop in this, the wishbone. Got some my constrictor knots with kind of like the you know my wax paper to kind of ready to go. So my bands are prepped. Wax to, paper or waxed uh, the, whatever, the the oh the spectra, yeah, the, spectra the rope yeah. the rope yeah, yeah whatever the waxed whatever it is the <laughs> line for the constrictor <laughs> knot. I fucking don't even know what it's called. Paper. I don't even know what it's called. Wax paper, but. Um, anyways, I've got my bands cut to size and so I'm ready to go with those. Um, got some extra wishbones tied, ready to go. Like if I need to use those, if for whatever reason, have something happens to a wishbone that I okay. have, yeah. those are ready to go. I've got a bunch of extra mono that's ready to go that I've cut to a little over length that are used on my guns oh, yeah, yeah. So, you can so that I can it, just crimp it whatever. and then snip it to like that. It's almost sized. But not just a, you know, I don't have a hundred feet of it or whatever. I gotcha. just have just like the almost the right length and I can snip it down to like ready to go. Um, got some extra spectra to go with me. Have some extra just like rigging, you know, like whether it's just, you know, just all the different pieces, you know, tuna clips. I've got all that oh, stuff ready oh, to go, okay. you know, just a swivel clips. Yeah, swivel clips, just all of it ready there. And it's like just in case, you know, and then right. one of the guns I'm bringing an extra, extra spear itself you know if i whatever if i happen to bend it or something you know i've got an extra one there some snips and stuff like that yeah of course all that like your first aid kit is fantastic right lots and lots of sunscreen because i get freaking roasted every time my man but uh just all that (laughs) all those different things because you got to be prepared it's not like there's just a you know spear america or neptonics isn't just around the corner right you're you're down in baja so like there's so what I'm getting at is there's the obvious stuff like an extra mask, an extra snorkel. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have them, extra fins, um, obviously an extra gun. Um, but like the details, like you know, like you said, the the extra bands and all those little details, the wishbones and all that stuff. That that's that's super important. Um, the medical kit, super important. For no, sure. Knowing what you have and how to use it yep. is like. It's crazy. No, it's the truth. And having all that extra stuff prepped and ready to go goes into the preparation, which we were kind of talking about earlier, just the, all the preparation that goes into it and goes into these trips that kind of get overlooked, you know, like it's just a part of the process and then a part of the, the, the deal is making sure you're having it so that if you're on the boat and you're making dives and your band pops whatever you, you which, happen like which whatever. happened to us by the way i mean it's gonna happen yeah your, your band pops you can <laughs> swim back to the boat you have it on the boat you can just change it out really quick you know how to tie the knots 
because you've practiced them over and over and over again. You have it cut to length because you've prepped for that. You're ready for it. And you can just slip it on there, take out the band that's broken, slide the new one in, go tie it, tie some knots, and you're back in the water. You're not losing a bunch of time. You're not losing the rest of the day if that happens yeah. on like at 10 a.m. You actually reminded me of, of something. I have What's to interrupt that? you. So Nigel actually uh, shot a fish down in Baja, and the slip tip went he – sh- he was using a slip tip. For some reason – oh, his other gun – went down so he brought he had busted out a second gun and uh shot a fish and we couldn't get the slip tip back through the fish <laughs> we couldn't like it was not going dude i tried wrapping plastic like a, a wrapper bottle wrapper around the rope and the tip trying to pull it through and it was not coming back through the fish i mean the only other thing was to start sawing through this huge fish right so yeah. Nigel gave the blessing and he's like, just cut the spectra <laughs> of the slip <laughs> just tip. Cut it off. Just cut Get the rid knot. Of it, yeah. Screw it. I'll use that extra shaft I have. So he busted out an extra shaft and we're going to deal with that slip tip, you know, later. So, I mean, he actually made um, a, de- like kind of, I don't want to say a device, but a, a tool and I don't want to give it away right now, but <laughs> he made a tool that you could actually pull your slip tip back through. Super easy. Crazy. And uh, I can't wait to share it with you. Sounds pretty sweet, dude. Maybe I'll take a picture. But then I'll give it away. We should show our viewers. Because it's not, awesome. Man. Yeah, no, you're a right. A little beta. A little beta. And Nigel can trademark it, I guess. <laughs> no, he can't. Because <laughs> he can't. I just, I'll say that. It's like a... It's a nozzle kind of piece, and he just cuts it a certain way, and then you like <laughs> spiral it down, and it, dude, it works awesome. No, but I having like, those, we, those I, like, I can't explain it. No, but having those little tips on anything you do to to fix or repair gear when you're out in a remote and location, it's is so super crazy important. what can happen. Yeah, no, you never know what's going to happen. That's that's the thing. You got to be prepared for it. You just don't know what's going to happen, and. That's the beauty of these kind of trips that we're going on is that you just don't know. It's because happen. I had a piece of mono where I was able to unstick a piece of uh, a rock that was in our motor in Baja. Our motor all of a sudden stopped spitting out water. So it had sucked something up. And that little hole that spits out the water is just about the same size as mono <laughs> that we use for shooting line. <laughs> And so I, I took your stringer that was in my spearfishing You're bag. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I fixed it for you. <laughs> Don't worry. I fixed the cut I made. I actually had to make you a new one. I had to. Um, so I stuck that thing up there and got it got it actually free. So having extra anything could actually come in use. No, it's huge, man. That's what it's all about. You got to be prepared. We almost overheated our boat motor. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been no fun. I've been there before multiple times. I'm kind of noticing a pattern with you. <laughs> I'm not to break some boats, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it's been a fun one, but you know, we've got some some fun interviews coming up. We're trying to line some interviews up with some some fun people out in the industry, yes. people we've been taking trips with, other people in the industry. We're we're trying to get some things lined up, putting in yes. the work, putting in the time. We're trying to stop 
doing trips, but that's not going to stop happening. No, we got one next month. <laughs> but we're having fun doing these trips, and we're uh, trying to line up some some interviews. We'll be back with some more. But uh, as always, man, good times, good ki- good times catching up. Good times yeah. chatting. Cheers, brother. We need to do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that, man. Uh, Free Range Tales. Check us out on Instagram. We out. We back. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Free Range Tales podcast. We're having fun reliving some of our stories and hope you guys are too. Leave us a comment and let us know what you think. Also, check us out on Instagram at Free Range Tales. Thanks for listening. We'll check you next time.